Welcome to the Game Off Podcast number 23. I'm your host, Solitalker, here with co-host... Arcadia. And today we're going to be talking about Death Stranding and Children of Morta. And before that, we're going to have our fireside chat. And before that, we're going to announce the news that a bunch of games have been delayed. And on to the fireside chat. Your weirdest 2019 memory. Weirdest 2019 memory. Hmm. Weirdest 2019 memory. Um... I I had a bum tell me what it meant uh, when a girl twirls her hair. <laughs> Did you? Yeah, yeah. We were we were on the side of the highway. I won't tell the full story. We were on the side of the highway, and it, I thought he was going to come up asking for money, so I was just sort of like, you know, thousand-yard stare, and he comes up and he just whispers like, hey, you know what it means when a girl's twirling her, her hair, right? And then he points the car next to me, and this girl's like just go, going to town cartoonishly on her hair. And he just screams, like, It's because she's horny! <laughs> and I, like, couldn't, I couldn't help but laugh. And then he just walked away. He didn't ask for any money. But at that point, I was going to give him my whole fucking wallet. Right. No, that's incredible. <laughs> How about you? My weirdest memory, uh, this is actually really recent. Um, we went to a trivia night at a local bar. And we're sitting in the bar area. Trivia hasn't started yet. And a couple tables away is this group of maybe seven or eight older gentlemen who are dressed dressed like bikers. I assume that they're a part of a biker gang just based on the way that they looked and dressed. But mm-hmm. they could have been cosplaying as one or you know, have all gone <laughs> to Goodwill. Yeah. Well, they're not old. Like in their, in their late 40s, early 50s. Uh. They're not like elderly people. <laughs> okay. <laughs> just older <laughs> and I assume they're in a biker gang and they're not causing any trouble they're just sitting there you know ordering beers drink, eating burgers and at some point one of them notices a framed picture on the wall it's like a poster for the bar and it's got that famous picture of Johnny Cash flipping off the cameraman yep. that you've probably seen mm-hmm. and beneath it is the name of the bar kind of done up like it's a uh, 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 a Jim Beam logo or Jim Beam bottle wrap, you know, that hmm. style of you know uh, bourbon whiskey wraps at the bottom, and I guess he fancied it a bit because after a couple minutes he takes the framed poster off the wall and puts it on the ground, and then about two minutes later just walks it out to his car, <laughs> <laughs> just walks it right out. <laughs> And it was just us at our table for trivia who noticed this happening. And obviously, I'm not trying to catch a case, so I'm not going to say anything. I'm not going <laughs> to make a deal of this. Like, <laughs> like, I'm 90% doughy white boy. I, I, I'm not ready to fight anybody anytime. <laughs> so we just watched this happen. And then like two hours after they had left was when we told someone who worked there that that, that had happened. And no one had noticed that this this poster was missing off the wall. Two hours checking into the security cams, like they're definitely gone. Now we hundred percent, like quick. Someone run outside pretending to go have a smoke, but really making sure that there's no like motorcycles <laughs> or like other creepy things, like those motorcycles that are also kind of like chariots. Yeah, in the in the parking lot. So that was weird <laughs> that they just that's fucking weird. Just during dinner, like six thirty, seven o'clock on a yeah, Wednesday, prime time, walked out. And then no one noticed but us. That's, that's a pretty smart move to to shift it before you actually, like, abscond with it. Yeah. <laughs> like oh, just and put it they, to the floor, and then people will just be like, that's weird. 
but you know, no one saw, no one noticed anything, or if they did, they didn't think anything of it. And he walked out. He just held it low by the top of the frame and just walked right out the door. <laughs> and he was going fast enough that I'm sure anyone in the front of the because if you saw someone walking through a restaurant holding a picture frame, you wouldn't assume that they had stolen it off the wall. Yeah. Well, there's not many cases where you would just be walking through a restaurant with a picture frame, though. To be fair, especially if it had the name of the bar on it. Oh, if you could see the photo or what was in it, sure. But if all you saw was just someone carrying <laughs> okay. around like a twenty by thirty frame, you might just like, oh, that's weird. Wonder why yeah. he brought that here. Yeah. <laughs> Enjoy your meal with your your picture of your fake wife or whatever's on it. You wouldn't assume, huh? That guy just stole that off the wall. Yeah. There, there's a clear like dust outline in the spot he just walked from. How interesting. So that that's my weirdest memory. <laughs> memory that I can think of because <laughs> it was just so surreal like something out of a cartoon that that I've never seen this before I <laughs> was this in town where you live yeah this is in town this is this is a place that you've been <laughs> yeah so it's not exactly like a rundown <laughs> area <laughs> there are no biker hangouts that I'm aware of in the immediate area they, yeah this is this is them coming into town run running running amok and uh, you know riling up the uh, old good boy police this is it's the it's the one with B prominently in its name. Uh, sure. Yeah. Oh, oh, okay. Now I know. I know what yeah. you're talking about. Not not to be super <laughs> cryptic to anyone who's listening. That's not from the town that I live in. Yeah. But also, well, just not to, to immediately identify myself. <laughs> I know you've had that stalker issue, so yeah, so. yeah. It's for I'm, the best. I'm try- that, it's like that Shia LaBeouf flag thing. They're all looking for any information they can use to track me down. <laughs> But yeah, this is it's not a rough and tumble bar. It's no. not a biker bar. It's a very nice place that's usually just filled with grandpas and cougars in the evening. It sure is. <laughs> and all my co- old coworkers. Uh, yeah. That yeah. <laughs> your your concern about snitching reminded me of um the, this place in town. It's a uh, the Alamo Draft House. It's like an Austin thing. And, but mm-hmm. it's it, there's a few na- nationwide places. But anyway, they take orders via like little strips of paper and you just stick them up but also like before every movie they're like yo if somebody's being loud snitch on them write it on a piece of paper we'll deal with it and i'm like damn <laughs> that's genius like so many people in here are just like like listening to people fucking yammer on and on and chomp like giant pieces of glass for fucking two hours and they can't do anything about it and they don't want to be an asshole but so you have this great passive-aggressive system where you can snitch somebody out in complete darkness. And it just looks like you're making a uh, order. Gee, that is really smart. I wish yeah. we had it. We don't have that around here. Although the movie theaters around here have gotten really nice. They all have recliners now. Mm. I, I, went yeah. to my fir- I went to my first movie since Mad Max Fury Road the other week. Yeah, well, it had been that I can see long why you quit been... movies after that because it was so good. <laughs> None can compare. Yeah, that was it. I was, I'm, I'm not going to see a better movie, and obviously I, I didn't until Frozen 2 came along. And then, <laughs> Shit. That, that's, that's the problem with, you know, the child is, oh, I broke my streak with Frozen 2. <laughs> Which there, is, there. It's yeah. fine. It's fine. It's fine. It's, you know, it, it's not the greatest thing I've ever seen. It's not Mad Max Fury Road. <laughs> why, why didn't he want to see uh, Toy Story? Is he not up... Up with all the latest three movies before that. Is that is that one out now? Toy Story Four. That's been out for like six months. Well, that's like it's it's not in theaters anymore that I know of. No, like, it's but already he was, past. He that. was of theater going age six months uh, ago. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's true. But he he's super into Frozen, 
And That's fair. then when we got to the movie theater, he was super into popcorn and raisinets and secondarily into Frozen. <laughs> it's like kids Which, costing you an arm and a leg is what I'm hearing. Yeah. Yeah. And at the rate he was reading Raisinets, he's going to lose a foot. Oh, oh good. <laughs> but not, not to go off on a complete tangent there, just, you know, on yeah. the topic of theater. I don't want to speculate about your child's future diabetes on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what I keep in the house. Yeah. Yeah, I know. I'm, but, I, you know, it's not mine to judge. No, that's, that's fair. That's fair. <laughs> hey, do you want to tell us about Death Stranding? The best way I could describe Death Stranding 2 is you play a man who doesn't know that his mother is the President of the United States. <laughs> this is so dumb already. <laughs> In one of the first interactions you have with somebody, he he's being told that the President of the United States wants to see him, and he's like, there is no president of the United States because there is no United States. And then he goes and meets her and it's his mom. And he's like, oh, mom, hey. Wait, wait, and, wait, wait. Hold on. So, because I, when you said it, I, I wasn't sure which side of it it was. Is does he, He's not aware that the president of the United States is his mom or he's not aware that his mom is the president of the United States. Like he knows oh. his mom but doesn't know her position. Uh, yes. Yes, all okay. of those things. <laughs> He's familiar with his mom, but they have a strained relationship for reasons unknown. So, basically, within, like, the first hour of the game, your mom dies, and you get... You're basically a parcel boy. You have to make parcel trips, do odd jobs and stuff. And, and, and parcels being the same thing as packages. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Okay. I, w- I yeah, just want... Various packages. It, it can't hurt... With, with what we're dealing with, it doesn't hurt for me to make 100% sure <laughs> no, that by parcel, that's, that's fair. you didn't mean some new thing. <laughs> well, the, the second parcel is your mother's corpse, so... Of course, okay. All right. Yeah. Okay. So, and it was very much in a body bag, so Sam, Sam, Sam Bridges, because he didn't want to go by his mommy's last name, Strand, changed his name to Bridges because they have a strange relationship, in case it wasn't clear... Um, he's, he's just a big, big parcel boy. So every time you drop off a parcel, I'm, I'm going to keep griping about the mom thing for a minute. So no, no, please, me. please. I, I'm, <laughs> I want to hear more about this mom thing. Every single time you drop a package off, a giant picture of your mother as the president of the United States appears and says, thank you for your service. But, but he, <laughs> up until the beginning, up until the beginning of the game, he didn't know that his mother was the president of the United States. Oh, and and so their, their their conversation goes pretty much as expected. There is no president of the United States. And then she's like, I'm the president of the United States. And then she dies. And and <laughs> the, the CEO of the biggest and maybe only con- company in the country anymore, who always wears a death, death mask and is called Die Hard Man. Um, <laughs> he, he's very soft-spoken, though, I must say. He, he convinces you to... Re- reconnect the country because your sister, who's dead but not really dead, um, but also very dead, but also not really dead. Okay. She, she got oh. all the way out to the the west coast trying to connect all of these places, but she didn't do a very good job. She kept like, she kept being like, "Hey, you want to get connected? Cool. See you in a few years." And then they never actually get connected. So Sam has what? to be like, "I C- I don't want to do this." Connected how? Like, getting them all on AOL together? What do you mean by connected? Honestly, pretty much. Because there seems to be an internet where they can kind of communicate, but also can't communicate at all. So every time you, like, link them up to the fucking 
I forget what they call it. It's like the 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 Cyril mega network. Uh, they are suddenly have like full free flowing information that apparently allows them like all the mysteries of the universe or something. Um, I mean, that sounds like a pretty obvious thing that you'd want to get connected to then. Yeah, yeah. So so basically, Sam walks for about five minutes in any direction and actually makes the connections because all, the entire country is obviously not to scale. Um, okay. The distance between like Boston to Washington, D.C. is about a 12-minute bike ride, if that. Actually, it's probably a 12-minute walk. It's like a five-minute bike ride. So it's, it's very disjointing in, when you see like on the map like what you are supposed to have reconnected I didn't realize until like I had gone to the second section of the game that I had reconnected quote unquote half of the <laughs> United States of America even though I hadn't seen any like actual cities other than one so they're taking that same approach that like the crew did yeah, for... it, exactly. Just okay. Really weird scaling, like really weird. Also, apparently the entire eastern half, and I mean the east east of the Mississippi, looks just like the Scottish Highlands, because um, <laughs> apparently Hideo Kojima has never been to the United States, so he assumes we're all just, you know, crawling over, like, craggy hills everywhere and, you know, doing yeah, whatever. I, I've, always heard, I've always thought that, that the majority of the United States looks like Scotland. Yeah. <laughs> all, of, all of our postcards you know. and everything usually just have that kind of Scottish Highlands feel to it. Yeah, just as welcome to Scotland, and we, we just scribble it out to save money, because, <laughs> you know, the Americans, they're entrepreneuring folk. <laughs> we just have America written on it in crayon. Exactly. <laughs> Home of whiskey, and then we add an E in it. <laughs> so I have some more gripes about the game. Do you have any questions yet? Because I have, uh, I'm, I don't want to monologue for too long. No, no, no. Everything you've said makes perfect sense so far. Um, okay, so my understanding from some of the things that I watched and read about this game going into it were that, though it seemed like most of the coverage was of you walking around with a bunch of boxes and parcels to deliver, that yep. wasn't entirely what the gameplay was. That is ninety five percent of what the gameplay is. Okay, I mean, so anyone who if, told if me you it wasn't include that, like the yeah, if if you include like the unloading and the micromanaging of the packages on your body, it's like ninety five percent. If that's excluding cutscenes, because if we're specifically talking gameplay, yeah, just talking ninety five percent. Okay, cool, awesome. All right, that sounds great and fun. Yeah. Uh, how bad's the product placement? Uh, it's egregious, and I have <laughs> something that I didn't even hear about. So, oh, oh yes, good, <laughs> good topic. All right, so we'll go into the monster because that's the most well-known one. Yep. Um. So yeah, the monster cans. You get like four cans every time you go to your private room, which you have in any of the the major bunkers. They call them cities, but they're not fucking cities; they're bunkers. So anytime you go into one of those, you can go and rest and do a couple of hoodly doos. Okay. One of the things you can do is drink monsters, and they'll give you a bonus uh, boost to your stamina. Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. you have to you have to drink three of them. Watch three entire cinematics of him slam dunking monster energy drinks <laughs> egregiously <laughs> on your screen. Then you get a twenty five percent buff to stamina. This is a this is a the joke, only right? way you can the only way you can do that in the entire game is. To slam three monsters. 
the, the idea that you have to sit there and watch your in-game character drink three monster energy drinks to completion is so comically nonsense. Not not only that, but it made me never want to have a monster again thinking about slamming these fucking giant energy drinks back to back. Like, I felt my heart just giving out watching him do this. This is this sounds like a description of a video game in an episode of South Park or The Simpsons. Like <laughs> they're does, tr- they're trying it? to show like how horribly product placement filled games have become, and this is what they show you. Yeah. Like to proceed, watch this guy drink three Monster Energy drinks. It'll take how long is each cinematic? Like more than a second. It's probably a good six to eight seconds. Oh my god! Like there's there's a whole thing where he grabs it off the table. Cracks it, slowly drinks it. He drinks, I mean, reasonably fast, considering it's a fucking 20-ounce fucking beverage. <laughs> um, and then he slams it into the fucking garbage can to, in an effort oh, so to look cool. Not even fucking recycling. Nope, not even recycling. Because, you know, when, when the world's already destroyed, who cares about the, you know, cans and bottles? There's one other product placement that I spotted so far. Every time you take a shit mm-hmm. in your room... A, a poster for Norman Reedus's motorcycle TV show on the AMC network appears and is the uh, privacy cover for the bathroom toilet. Let that sink in for a minute. What? Norman Reedus in real life, not the not <laughs> yep. Sam Bridges in in the video game where Norman Reedus is playing Sam Bridges. In real life, he has a TV show on AMC. Yep. Now, are we? So, are we to believe that in the world of Death Stranding, this Norman Reedus on a motorcycle show was so popular and ubiquitous that branded products became used as privacy screens while taking a shit? Is there any explanation in game as to why that is? No, not. not so, I probably only got about fifty percent of the way through the game, and at no point does Sam Bridges say something like, you know who my favorite actor is? Norman Reedus. But I was expecting it at any mo- any possible moment. One of the other things on the monster bit, when you carry around a canteen, it's not full of water. It's full it's, of monster. Of, of course it is. So anytime you're hydrating in the game, you're drinking monster. There's, there's no way to hydrate on anything else. I'm you know using what? I- the term hydrate loosely here. We we glossed over something very quickly here. Why are you taking a shit? Um, so that's how you make grenades. <laughs> <laughs> Stop. Stop. <laughs> Come on, Andy, keep up. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I sure. Go on. You, you make you make uh you make pee grenades and you make poop grenades and they're different grenades and you can only make them once every time you're in your your bunker home. Yeah, yeah, that's that's pretty much it. <laughs> they're so, grenades. Uh, what do you, what do you do with the pee and poop grenades? Well, that's the interesting thing because despite oh, is it? <laughs> that's the interesting part. <laughs> We're getting to it. The interesting thing about this game really is that it doesn't want to be a combat game. In fact, Hideo Kojima calls it what a, a connection game. Yeah, which of course that's, that's I a guess phrase it is use. if if you ignore all of the mandatory combat and the package delivery, it's mm-hmm. sure it's a it's a connecting game. Um. But yeah, you get you get forced into uh, when I say it's ninety five percent parcel delivery. The other five percent is strictly mandatory combat, like boss fights. 
of in like, a game where you're a delivery man what, who has no combat skills and the o- only weapons you have are grenades. The o- only thing you have are the pee and poop grenades. The only thing you have are the pee and poop grenades. <laughs> That's correct. I I don't... <laughs> Every one of these sentences is incorrect. I, I hate every every <laughs> question that I'm being forced to ask. Every bit of <laughs> clarification that I need is just taking away from me and my soul. This game sounds... It's... Okay, so what do you do with them? You just throw them at people and it does damage? Yeah, so you know how there's, like, in the commercials for this, there's the spooky invisible guys that, like, walk all over everything but don't walk on you for some reason? Yeah. Um... If, if they see you because you're making noise or whatever, they'll, like, try and pull you into the ground, and then a boss fight will ensue if they do pull you into the ground. And if you lose, uh, there's a big boom. Um, but you can use the pee and poop grenades, which you get kind of late in the game, honestly, because before that, you literally just have to run or die. But, yeah, if you, can, if you can have enough pee and poop grenades on you, which you don't usually, like, it takes quite a few of them to kill these things, and it's not, like... They don't take up room on your person. They take up a lot of room, which I'll get to in a minute. But yeah, you're just you're literally just lobbing grenades and waiting for these things to, to come at you. And honestly, the the mandatory fight that I got boss fight that I got through was one of the most frustrating fucking things ever, because it's literally just you slogging through all these dead Goombas and trying to get to a high ground where you can throw one grenade. Um, and hopefully it lands, but it's grenades, so you're lobbing it because you're a fucking parcel, man. You're not a goddamn warrior. <laughs> and, you know, if they don't hit, then you got it. Like, the entire building would crumble to the ground. You'd have to slog through for, like, a solid fucking 20 seconds, get to another rooftop, and lob another grenade and pray for the best. This sounds Whew. awful. You know, you said it, not me. Yeah. Uh, next question. The fetus? Mm-hmm. What? Well, it's, it's it's a baby. Okay. I'm like two percent less confused. What's going on with the baby? So you you plug into it so that you can sense the DBs basically, which are the the invisible bros. Oh, you you plug um, into a baby. Yeah, you plug into the baby, and then your your little flickery bit. We're just gonna to be able we're to just gonna say the, the phrase you plug bros. into a baby, and we're not gonna address that at all. We're going to let yeah, that, that phrase fine. just pass. Not going to ask, what What do you mean? What do you mean you plug into a baby? Well, you're not always plugged into the baby. You just plug into the baby when you need to plug into the baby. And at other times, where is the baby? Oh, he's, he's always on your chest. Okay. but just You don't, you don't just store the baby. The okay. baby's always with you. Why are you carrying a baby around? Because you watched another guy get murdered and you just took him. Okay. But also, he helps you detect the the, the invisible guys. That's, that's that's the whole explanation. I wish I had more information for you. Okay, so I'll <laughs> accept that you took a baby. Sure. And, and I'll accept that you're carrying a baby around with you. Fine. But what uh, what interface? are you plugging into this baby with? Well, it's it's in the, the womb thing. I don't know if it even has the name. So it's it's just it's just like a plug on top of it. Like you pull a hose from your asshole or wherever, like just behind your back. You right, like go whoosh. That's that's what I'm trying to understand. Like you and this baby both have some kind of 
ports that are compatible. Is it is it a yeah. known quantity that babies can help you see ghosts? Like, is it something that everyone's aware of? No, because like the game makes goes out of its way to point out that no one understands the technology whatsoever, but it's like just ubiquitously accepted. That babies allow you to see ghosts if you plug into them. Yeah, pretty much. Okay. Just just these special babies. Oh, the okay, it's a special baby. It's not just a random. Oh yeah, it's not just any baby. Sorry. Okay. No, 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 that's that's fine. I'm not. It's not any clearer. So it's it's not like I was. <laughs> <laughs> you would confuse well, me previously. Yeah, it's it's weird because the game also is like hyper expositional about how the baby is a tool. It's like the baby is a cool tool. This one is malfunctioning. Destroy it. Throw it in the inf the furnace. And Sam's like, no, that's a bit that's a bit fucked. And everyone's like, just throw it out. It's a bad baby. And you're like, no. <laughs> okay. Ah. Uh, okay. What can you tell me about Mads Mikkelsen's performance in this game? It's pretty good, but it's mostly the same lines over and over again. I mean, he's just monologuing with himself, so he's got pretty much free reign. Um, but, I mean, he's clearly talented. Like, he steals the show. I'd rather listen to him talk than just about anyone else, including the main character. W was, was he a big part of the game? No, no, you just see him in flashbacks uh, via the baby for most of the game. Baby allows you to see into the past, too? Yeah, you can you can see his memories every time you jack into him, even though he's not supposed to have memories because he's a tool, but the guy that said you should burn him because he's just a tool will also explain that he has memories because he's a living being. But he's a baby, so how much memories could he possibly have? Apparently a lot. He has a lot of, a lot of memories. Are they, like, from his lifetime or prior to that? It's unclear. Is this I like assume a, from is like an Assassin's Mickelson. Creed DNA memory no. thing. No, like Mads Mikkelsen will be like holding him in a lot of the uh, memories, okay. but also he looks like he's like one month old. So I don't, I don't know, man. Yeah, I mean, I, I apologize for grilling you here. Obviously, this is this is oh, it's fine. Inappropriate <laughs> of me to ask all these questions of you. <laughs> I think this is the most questions I've ever had about a game. Uh, yeah, I, I, I'm shocked at. How I don't feel like I know anything more about this game. Um, did you see the crying commercial for this game? Uh, is it the one where he's kneeling on the beach naked, crying with the baby on his shoulder? No, this is the one that starts off with a city that's underwater, and you see like a book floating, and this whole city is buried and like covered in a horrible flood, and then the mm -hmm. flood like starts going backwards and like like unflooding. So the water levels start lowering and like life starts returning back to this flooded city. At, you know, you see little mice and stuff running around and then you follow this torrential rain up, up, up until you see that it's coming. It's tears coming off the face of someone playing this game. Oh, dear God. So um, awfully presumptuous. Did you have that experience? You know, here's the thing. No, not even close. <laughs> did you cry at all? I mean, usually in frustration, while I swore that I'd never play the game again. And then I kept playing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it's because I'm a psychopath. There, there are some weird charms to the game. I, I should touch on the fact that uh, there there are some things about it that are good. Which is why okay. I like some... So, like, it, it is clearly a divisive game. Um, 
I'm definitely leaning more towards the negative, if you had, can't tell, but a lot of people really like it. What I can say for it is that the game's fucking, like, just maybe the most unique game I've ever played. Like, the, the micromanaging of the boxes on your body, and then, like, you literally the balancing act you do as you're running across country. Like, it's it's weird. It's different. Um, there's, there's some interesting new concepts that, like, never really occurred to me to be in a game. There's, like, a lot of weird social elements where you can contribute to, like, building... Um, like bridges and stuff in other people's worlds and you can leave packages for other people to pick up from wherever you are so if you pick stuff up on the way to some place and the packages need to go in the other direction you can leave them in like a safe deposit box and l people from like literal other players can pick those packages up and take them to their destinations yeah I mean other than that though <laughs> I still have plenty of gripes Everything you described there sound, sounded like it could be an interesting, fun, little package delivery game. Yes, it's, it is very... It, if it focused just on that, it would be a very good package delivery game. But it didn't. It but didn't obviously, do. that couldn't... You couldn't have a Kojima game that was just a fun, little, quirky game. No, no. Everyone... One of my notes here is just that everyone is always talking all of the time. Someone is always babbling in your fucking ear about something, and when you get into a cutscene, you listen to the same fucking five pieces of information in a loop for 20 minutes straight. Um, I the the best parts of the game were when you were like like walk you had just the right amount of packages and you're walking across you know Scotland, America, <laughs> and like just just bouncing just right, not running into any too many problems, and it was quiet. And it was nice and serene. And that those were the moments where you're like, yeah, I could do this for a bit. And then you reach your destination and it's just blah, 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 blah. Listen to all this nonsense. And then you're just like, I, I don't have the emotional fortitude for this after all. I'll finish with this question. Because okay. I, think, I think this is the best way I can try to get at it. Do you think the game is successful? Not sales figures, but... It, is the game successful? I don't think I got anything out of the experience of the game. Um, <clears throat> if I were to describe success, it's that it reached me personally, especially if we're not using metrics like monetary success or, you know, review success. If it was successful in what it was trying to accomplish as a, a big metaphor about reconnecting to the world, then it was totally bogged down by all the horseshit that is just a super expositional Kojima game. That, I think, is probably the best summary I've heard of the game from someone, <laughs> as far as it's just did it do what it was trying to do? Did you get out of it what they wanted you to? Like, there, there were plenty of times where I was like, I, I see what he's trying to say here, but it's never like it's never like, wow... Wow, this this game is mind blowing. I I didn't even come close to having one of those moments. And I'm someone who likes all the Metal Gear games, so it's not like I came in with a disdain for Kojima. I just I don't know. I think he just just lost his way a little bit in the production of this one. Didn't have anyone telling him no. Yeah, that's what it seems. I mean, yeah. Well, when you have a studio named after you, I think it's probably hard to for someone to come in and be like, hey. 
Kojima, that's fucking stupid. Look at this. This is stupid. Our playtesters are literally gouging their fucking eyes out and running out of the room screaming. Is this the desired effect? And he'll just mutter like, maybe, and then walk away. You know, I think it's interesting that we have on our list for this year, the games that we've covered in, for you know, the 2019 games that we've covered, a number of games that kind of fall into this auteur being given a lot of rope yeah, to either you know hang themselves with or do very well with. And it's, it's interesting to see how they've all done between this, Shenmue, Bloodstained. Mm. It, it's just a very weird cross-section. Yeah. And then, and then almost Outer Worlds to an extent as well. Yeah, yeah. They definitely had a lot more uh, liberty than they had had probably the last decade. So it's just interesting to see how, how, in how many different directions it can go when you take someone who was known for being very creative or a team that was known for being very creative but weren't allowed to work to their full potential and say, okay, here's a shit ton of money. Go nuts. <laughs> yeah, I mean, in, in that way, the game definitely speaks for itself. I think, I think a lot of people are probably fooling themselves into thinking this was the game that they were waiting for. Like I, the first time I saw it, I thought it looked like nonsense. But I was like, well, given you know five or six years of de- development, this could be the best best game ever. And then it came out after like what two and a half years of development, and I was like, oh no. Well, and, and there's <laughs> there's bits where you, like you could describe the plot of Sons of Liberty to someone, and they'd say like, that sounds like fucking nonsense. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But at the end of the day, like it, it, you could read it as a novelization, and it's just fucking weird but it makes sense this game i if it was on like a 12 page you know script i wouldn't recommend someone read through it (laughs) you you reading that out reminded me of there was a video like a 20 minute video that i think was jim sterling put out where he just gets you up to date on the plot of kingdom hearts now (laughs) (laughs) prior to kingdom hearts 3 just Let's go back and let's that way you know what's going on in the story. Let's go through everything that's happened in Kingdom Hearts so far. And it's just 20 minutes of him reading through the wiki to try and give you. And it's as someone who only played the first Kingdom Hearts when it came out and remember nothing else. Like, listen, like, what are you talking about? Uh, That's so true. So true. Well, and I, I know a lot of those games when you actually play them and it's act, you know the, the story is parceled out to you and the proper weight is given to things and, and moments are given time to build up it, you know it, it mm-hmm. feels a lot different than just oh and by the way you you didn't know your mom was the president <laughs> yeah yeah I wouldn't I really hope they don't make a sequel to this I mean <laughs> not just because I didn't like it but because I I don't I don't want any more of this story. I don't. I didn't see the ending, like I said, so and I don't think I care. I don't even care enough to watch a YouTube video of it. So that's where I'm at with it. So then that probably would be a not recommended, is my assumption for you. Firm not recommended. I can't think of a single person I would say you have to play this game to. I can't think of a single person that I wouldn't try and warn away from this game. Um. <laughs> It's it's really one of those things where uh, people, 
like I'm not gonna insult ever people that liked it, but if you thought that it was like a genius masterpiece, you probably are thinking like, oh, like I have 4D brain, I understand exactly what's going on all the time. Like, no, it, it's it's a nonsense game. It's okay to enjoy it, but don't pretend it's like a fucking masterpiece because it's not. All right, very strong words. Yeah. Hey, wait, I have more criticisms. Oh, I'm sorry. Please continue. <laughs> Sorry, I've only gotten through half my notes, but I'll go through them pretty quick. So, one of the most annoying things about the game, and I said that the package management, like, on your body was really unique. So you can, like, plug in packages to, like, your arms, your legs to an extent, and but mostly on your back. And you've probably seen the memes where you just have, like, monster towers of packages on you. Yeah, it looked pretty rad. Yeah, well, that happens because you put every single possible item into, like, a crate or a briefcase... And put it on your back. Like, Sam's not smart enough to, like, compartmentalize things and, like, <laughs> you know, get things into one package. So right, you'll literally pick up envelopes and you'll just have to slap an entire briefcase on your body for one envelope. So you could potentially have something like 50 envelopes, which is why it's possible to have mega towers like that on your back. Sure. So it, it, it comes off as pretty fucking stupid. Um,. There is, there is a way to, like, automatically dole out, you know, like, optimal locations of the packages on your body. So that helps to a certain extent, but it's it's still horseshit. A lot of the social things that I had complimented earlier are basically, like, the same as Dark Souls, where people leave little signs. So it didn't seem like... like it felt innovative in some ways but it was didn't feel like completely unique you don't auto drop used gear so when you use up like grenades and blood bags they just go back in your inventory okay there is a recycling mechanic but it's like it's absolutely not worth doing just having all of this shit on your person these empty fucking containers so basically that first boss fight i told you about like, it, it, they'll give you, they'll lay grenades out because, like, it would be impossible if they didn't because it requires so many grenades. But by the end of the boss fight, you have, like, 12 empty grenades taking up space and, like, over-encumbering you in the boss fight. It was one of the stupidest things I've ever seen. Yeah, that sounds needlessly... I, I, it doesn't sound like it's fun at all. No, the, the, it wasn't, like... Honestly, I was kind of on board until the mandatory boss fight. Like, not, not like, really on board, but I was like, I'm enjoying this for some weird reasons. I don't really know what it is. And then I got forced in that boss fight, and it just exposed, like, so many problems in the game. Like, so many problems. Just, it would have been so much better of a game if it didn't have combat at all. And they focused in on what they were doing good, um, which is very much not the combat. Ouch. Yeah. Anyway, that's that's a wrap on my thoughts about it. I've heard all of my nitpicking now. Okay. And the menus were absolute trash. You would have lost your mind. Oh yeah, I, I, I would. I didn't for a second think that that was going to be any good. I had frustration with the menus in Metal Gear Solid Five, so I didn't think <laughs> that they were going to be any more logical in Death Stranding. There, it, it takes like fucking <clears throat> ten button presses to get anything done. It's uncanny how poorly optimized it is and you can easily like discard all of your changes because you have to hit save twice on every screen wow wow oh man yeah that yeah. would drive me insane that would drive <laughs> that me blood out run. of my mind <laughs> yeah yeah all right uh any any final questions 
No, I think you um, addressed my confusion. I'm not going to say you cleared it up, but you addressed, you, you answered questions that were questions I asked. Well, nothing, nothing will be clarified until we kill Kojima and Jack directly into his brain, and then we all realize that it's just like a fucking old-timey picture show with random images just playing constantly. I can't wait. I can't <laughs> wait for that day. <laughs> All right, da -na -na -na. Children of Morta. What's up with that game? You know, it, it, I almost feel bad because Children of Morta is a very straightforward game, <laughs> and I don't have an amazing—I don't have a comparably amazing, interesting story to tell you about. Um, Children of Morta is a action roguelike game, dungeon crawler that follows around the Bergson family, who mm. are trying to deal with some corruption that is deep in and around this mountain that they're protecting. And it has a lot of your standard roguelike elements of going through, running through different dungeons that are kind of randomly generated and ha gaining items and getting perks that exist for that run. And then when you die, the levels that you've gained, the skills that you've unlocked, and the money that you've earned all carries over to your next round. Oh, wow. But your actual progress, you know, gets reset, and all of the relics and things that you picked up get lost as well. There are all, all of the items and, and effects and elixirs and talismans and everything that you carry around all get lost at the end. But your character levels up like an RPG. You get skills, and as uh, and as you get further up there, you unlock more skills that have greater effects. You know, standard RPG stuff. Mm -hmm. uh, the thing that I think makes it a little that singles it out from a lot of other ARPG roguelikes is this family side of things where you have this Bergson family and as you play through the game more family members join or arrive or come into their own and are able to also go into the mountain and into these caves and everything and fight hmm. so real quick in the story when so in roguelikes typically you're dying at the end of a run are they dying like a rogue uh, legacy, or no? They are they are dying and being brought back. Okay. Um, so it, it is it is the same family. It is the same tight knit individual cool. people. You've got Linda okay. and uh, the others. I think Joe or John. I... So you get some opportunities for characterization in the game. That's kind of interesting. Yes, and they do a phenomenal job with that. I think the, the thing that makes this, other than the absolutely gorgeous pixel art. And this is that mm. kind of... It reminded me a bit of Hyperlight Drifter at times where you've got gorgeous pixel art, but also some effects in post-processing that's not pixelated that just makes yeah. the whole thing pop and feel more vibrant. Like it, it is a beautiful game. There are some water effects where the, the pixelated water is animated and I could just watch these little fish hop around for hours. <laughs> like, it, the animations of... Um, the, the Bergsons and, and the monsters that you're fighting in there are extremely detailed and have mm. that that feeling of like the old Prince of Persia games where they're just almost over animated with just how smooth and weighty they feel but in a good way like everything just feels the animations feel very deliberate and and silky smooth awesome. uh, the, the the family is this Bergson family and you have characters that arrive or they're growing and training and coming into their own in cutscenes in between runs. So 
each hmm. run that you go on usually is bookended with some bit of story. The family sitting around the dinner table and chatting. The oh, matriarch awesome. and patriarch out in the back porch talking. The you know the one of the daughters training with an aunt or an uncle, and it, you're just building these stories of these characters, and, and it makes when you, know, you see a, a young character that is in all of these little cutscenes training, when you finally get to play as them, it feels like this cool event. This character that you've been waiting to play as and seeing grow a little bit and training with their knives or their magic. And now you can actually go out with them and play them. And it, you almost, I had this feeling like, oh, I want to make this run a good one because this is their first time out and they're excited yeah. for this. And that's all just shown in these these kind of bookended cutscenes. Hmm. So would you, would you say it's more of a low stress uh, roguelike or is it still sort of high stress? It can definitely have moments of high stress. Like it's not like Dead Cells where, you know, you feel like you're constantly having to keep moving. Like, yeah. and there's this just this flow of battle that you have to maintain. Um, mm-hmm. The the combat's pretty simple. It reminds me a lot of, uh, and I never played Diablo on Switch, so I don't know if it's similar to that. But it reminds me of some of the old like, remember those old Baldur's Gate games for PlayStation? Oh yeah, the, the ARPG ones, mm-hmm. where the yeah you know, was kind of just directional hack and slash and aiming with a bow. Yeah, it, it yeah. reminds me a lot of those in its gameplay. Yeah. Bit, uh, bit like uh, meticulous. Yeah, a bit, bit, bit meticulous, and um, but but not overly. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? It's it doesn't require a lot of you, even yeah, playing it's as not not a complex uh, RPG complex. system like those games. That's the word I forgot was complex. Um, <laughs> the, Got you, you know, fam. Like, aiming with magic, aiming with a bow is pretty simple, and it's just you know for firing a bow, it's it's pointing the stick in the direction you want to fire and they'll just keep firing off shots. Hmm. It does well with that. You, you touched on it briefly before, like, the progress, and it sounds like it's pretty fairly easy to progress. Do you get, like, a a, lo- a strong sense of progression e- oh, at yeah. the end of every run? It, it always feels like you've made some progress, and I think a lot of it is that there are so many little story bits inside the dungeons that you can run across. Yeah. So you'll you may only last t- ten minutes, but you went into an area that triggered another little story bit, and then when you die, you see a bit of uh, a cutscene back at the Bergstrom house that follows up on that story bit, and th- then gives you another little thing that to look for later. So it always feels like you're making some kind of progression, wow. a- as well as just the money comes pretty quickly to buy upgrades and that's actually I should have should explain this the each character each film member you play as levels individually and so every so you play as you know the the dad and he levels up and then when you unlock a new character you jump in as them they're level one but the higher levels you get with people the they start unlocking skills that affect or, or benefit all members of the family Oh, very cool. So there's an incentive to not just play as one guy. <laughs> and on the other side of it, as kind of a, a penalty, if you play as someone you know, a couple times in a row, they now have corruption fatigue. And so if you play as them again, they start off with you know, 19, 20% less magic, max HP. Ooh. And then if you play with them again, it's an even larger penalty. So you're incentivized to, all right, let them rest for one or two runs play as someone else and then I can come back to them 
and, and it because of that sense of progression and constantly getting skills, it never feels like I'm being penalized from playing as my favorite character. You know, yeah, that, that sounds very cool. And in between runs, you take the money and you buy general family upgrades. You know, just anyone in the family does 2% more damage, 5% more likely to get crits. And, and that's across everyone. So when you unlock a new character, you know, your fourth or fifth character, they're already starting with all of these built-in buffs. Hmm. So it doesn't feel as much like you're starting off at level one, even though you kind of are. Can you invest money into like your your homestead as well? Not that I've come across. I haven't beaten the game yet, okay. but there's nothing that I've seen that indicates that would be the case. It, it seems to be entirely just the family members. That's I mean that's that's still pretty fucking cool. But I was like, if there's a base building aspect to this game, like we're ending this podcast now <laughs> so I can start playing it. Yeah, no, uh, <laughs> no nothing that I've come across. It, the the stuff in between each round is just buying upgrades for your family and um, triggering little you know thirty second long story bits. Yeah. Of, you know, because when you're in between runs and you're going, you're kind of toggling between the two places you buy upgrades, you'll see the members of the family in their various rooms doing things. So you'll yeah. see, you know, the, the little kid, Kevin, who who's kind of more of a stealthy, quick attack guy with two knives, and he's in his room practicing with knives. And there's oh, another, so cool. another little girl who's talking to her grandma, and you can go over there and hear that bit of the conversation. And then go back and keep progressing the story as much as you want. You could skip all those things, but you kind of lose the character building and the relationship building between them. Yeah, what what sort of fucking animal would skip that? That sounds I know. awesome. Yeah, and <laughs> the the writing is great. The Because the animations are so detailed, when these characters are interacting with each other, it, they mm. have moments of... You, you can see the child is saying something and just kind of the posture and, and head tilts of their, their parents conveying emotion in huh. a, a pixelated way. It, it's very impressive what they've done with pixelated graphics. Yeah, no, that all sounds cool. I had I, only heard that the game was excellent so far, I just, but I still knew nothing about it, so I just jumped, jumped quite, a, quite a few rungs. And it was something that I had on my list as like, oh, I'll check this out eventually. And, you know, I'll get around yeah. to it. And then it popped up on Xbox Game Pass. I was like, oh, never mind. <laughs> I, I am drop everything. Dropping what I'm doing. I'm getting into this right now because I, yeah, I also heard nothing but good things. Uh, and it's, I'm a sucker for for games with roguelike elements. Mm-hmm. I it's too. probably half of the games that I play, but based on time. Yeah, still I'm, playing Slay the Spire over here. Still playing Slay the Spire. Prior to this, I was playing alternating between Slay the Spire and Dead Cells, as just yeah. two of the best roguelike element games I've played in, in a long time. And this has been good enough to distract me from them. Whew. Yeah, All I know. Right. Make I a know. strong case. Yeah, speak my language. It's uh, any final thoughts? No, I, I would recommend if you've got the Xbox Game Pass, you're an idiot to not go try it out because <laughs> there's no risk to you. And it's great. Uh, and if you like, if you liked any roguelikes in the last ten years, and you aren't heartless and actually enjoy like stories about families that aren't finding out your mom's the president, then <laughs> <laughs> I can't imagine you not liking this game. Yeah, sounds a lot more fun than my game. <laughs> Son of a bitch.
All right, shall we rank this? Yeah, let's do it. Where, where are you putting uh, Children of Morta? Oh, this is tough. Um, I think I'm going to put it... Oh, no. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I think I'm going to put it at uh, right above Luigi's Mansion, so at number 12. Oh, wow. That, that's going to so, knock everything down, and Children of Morta is just outside the top 10. Yeah, yeah. So Yoshi's Crafted World at 10, Shadowbringers at 11, Children of Morta, Luigi's Mansion, and then Life is Strange 2 at 14. Yep. I am going to put Death Stranding <laughs> at number number 33. Oh! 33 out of 37 now, which puts it uh, right below... Wolfenstein Youngblood and Rage 2 and right above Apex Legends and Shenmue 3. <laughs> uh, which is only five up from the bottom. Yeah, not great. So, probably not going to make it into the Tournament of Champions, but, you know, that's for the best. <laughs> all right. Oh, we never covered all the delays. Everything got delayed this week. Don't look it up. <laughs> no hot takes. It's crazy, though. Like, ten games got delayed. Yeah, so, you know, saves us a allows us to earn a couple extra cents in interest over the year. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'll cash in on that, that pre, pre-order investment, because that's how that works. <laughs> All right. I, I, I think that's that's it. All right. Um, check us out on social media, at Game Off Podcast. Is that, that's what it is, right? At Game Off Podcast? Uh, yep. Game, Game Off. Off Podcast on everything. On everything. Uh, you can find me at, at Solitalker. I'm, I'm Arcadia, A-R-K-E-Y-D-I-A. You like the animal. And yeah. <laughs> <laughs> also look it up. Yeah. Check us out. Talk to us. Ask us questions. Recommend stuff. Make us sh- your shills. Pay us to promote your game. Well, well, we'll play them if you give them to us. Yeah. But, I mean, I'll play that. that no what's that one that everyone t- promotes on uh, YouTube channels now? Uh, it begins with an R. Fortnite? No. The... the, the Red Dead. No, it's like Rise or something. Damn. Rise of, I was going to make plans. a joke, and I can't remember the name of the game. Everyone's getting paid to talk about it. I can't remember it now. Uh, this is dumb. This is fun. <laughs> this is dumb. This is dumb. Pretend I said something funny, and we'll end on that joke. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Good night, everyone.